0: Hello and welcome back to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe and on today's show I chat with Mike Crimp, the CEO of the International Broadcasting Convention about the 2021 show and what's being done to ensure that it goes ahead without a hitch in its new date of December. After much speculation, IBC has confirmed that it will return to the rye in Amsterdam this coming December 3rd through 6th. Following a shift to a digital-only edition in 2020, IBC 2021 will be staged as a hybrid event across both the physical and online space. The company has stated confidence in Europe's Covid vaccination rollout, with 96% of surveyed previous attendees saying that they believe they will be vaccinated by the time December rolls around. But it's not going to be quite the same show. There's not going to be any paper, for example. There'll be less schmoozing about with drinks. And there'll be a little bit more technology deployed to help ensure everything runs smoothly. Joining me now to talk about the steps being taken to stage the 2021 show is IBC CEO Mike Crimp. The First thing I just wanted to ask you about was it was just broadly about how the past like 18 months have been since the start of the pandemic for IBC? Obviously there was the the, the uncertainty there at the beginning of the year as to what was gonna go on with 2020, which became a digital uh, event. H- how, how has that all gone? And would you say that the 2021 edition has been one of the more challenging IBCs to arrange?
1: Yeah, it's it's been an interesting 18 months, Jonathan. I think hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, um, as you ran through last, we ran through last year. It was a, I can't remember the exact date, but it was late May that we cancelled last year. We were pulling our hair out about the decision because people were, you know, coming at us with all kinds of different views because we were just entering something, something new, you know. And there was lots of logic and there was lots of emotion, and we had to kind of come up with the right decision. But with the benefit of hindsight, there was no other decision about, you know. You can see now we, 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 we kind of had to cancel. And it was just about how we stayed in tune with everybody and, and got the timing of that right. And, and I think we did. So once once we did that, we had to regroup, you know, internally um, at IBC and to be frank, cut our cloth accordingly. So we had to make redundant about 20 of our colleagues and we still haven't had the leaving party because we haven't had to meet them yet. So that was mm-hmm. a bit sad, right? So then we got to that stage and we thought, okay, we'll full, fall guns blazing now because clearly everything's going to be really much better for ibc 2021 we had learned quite a lot about scenario planning so we immediately looked at the two dates and decided to be transparent about the two dates we immediately worked out at what point in time we needed to be consultative and what the optimum time was to make the decision and and so far the learnings of, of last year of of fared as well and it'll be interesting to see the reaction to the announcement we've just made but you know I have a feeling from all of the conversations I've had and my team have had recently that we're, we're, we're not pushing against an open door but we're pushing in the right direction because there is this feeling that, that um, safety and vaccination will improve with time and therefore we need more time. And those two factors then give you more confidence and confidence is a key ingredient for a show. So we've had to bring people along with us in a kind of proactive, incremental kind of campaign of showing consultative leadership. I don't think standing on a soapbox and shouting we've all got to do IBC in September or December was going to get people very far in in the current pandemic. So, so far, so good. It's been traumatic to an extent. There's been a kind of crisis in, you know, that we've we've been trying to to stay in touch and in tune with and in, in sympathy with all the people who are suffering much more than us just trying to work out whether we can put an event on or not. So, so far, so good. And yes, it has been difficult, but nowhere as difficult as lots of people's lives have been.
0: You'd, you'd mentioned earlier um, during a press conference about this uh, attendee survey that you carried out. Do you want to talk a bit about that and, and what that really taught you about what this 2021 edition of IBC needs to be?
1: There were two surveys. We did one, which was really, to, really what we were asking was, what's the sentiment of um, our visitors? How do they feel about it? what do they want to come which was a resounding kind of yeah we want to come what are the issues that you're worried about that we need to deal with to persuade you of that which was resoundingly health and safety uh, related and then from the exhibitor side was do you want to come yeah we definitely want to come we're even neutral about the dates or maybe slightly in favour of December. But can you just reassure us that there's a, a visitor audience out there that, 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 that feels safe to come to YBC? So helped, hence we've been able to do that survey and we found out that there's a willingness to come, a willingness to travel, all underpinned by the fact that people are feeling more confident because so far the evidence is that vaccination doesn't stop the, the the doesn't stop COVID, but it it certainly mm. gives people a lot of safety and security around it. So what we got back from them was a feeling that they want to come, and a feeling that December, because of the things we can put in place in December, would make it both a safer and a more valuable experience for, for them.
0: Just on the show itself, what will it look like compared to previous iterations you've previously talked about basing the structure of of how people are filed around the show a bit like Ikea you've talked about the different kind of staging of of events and partly digital
1: yeah so what what we've done with the different stakeholder groups is we've laid out a vision of what IBC would be like if we put it on today, if what with what we know, I think that's that's the first thing to say. And when you run through that exercise again, there are a bunch of things which you might not have to do with time. Um, it is possible, for example, that um, the prevalence of vaccination will push inconvenient things like testing into the background. They may be inconvenient, but they're necessary at the mm-hmm. moment. They might not be necessary later. Who knows what will happen with? social distancing or the wearing of masks for example they're things that that, that we will just follow the advice on so we, we can't really be too precise about that at the moment our vision was to to have an area around the ride where people could move around rather than have to kind of check in and out of halls all of the time so we, we looked at creating a a boundary around the ride. so it's a bit like entering a a, a festival or a, mm. a theme park once you're in there you can move around. So all the areas, if you know the rye, most people mm-hmm. do, you can walk outside, you can walk between the halls. There's the beach, there's the water. All of those areas would be inside the perimeter. So there's no need for constant checks. And obviously, being outside in that middle part where we will stack it out with all kinds of extra uh, hospitality and food areas for people to go outside, it just creates a you know a slightly different atmosphere. Inside the halls, it seems more sensible and and expert advice tells us that if you've got wider aisles and people move in one direction and as you move around you're not got people coming towards you and there's a number of reasons why they would recommend that in terms of safety we've planned it to be as easy as we can make it so it won't be like a grand prix circuit where if you don't pull into the pits you've got to do a whole circuit right, $50 yeah. before you you get back to where you are it will be better than that and, yeah, you're right, I, I did use an IKEA analogy. Uh, if I'm frank, it was sort of something that was put to me from, from I think it came from from Platform, from our PR company. Right. But uh, I've only ever been to IKEA once, and I'm never going back, so it's not a comparison <laughs> that I want to make with, with that, IBC, that's, really.
0: Hopefully, um, there'll be less arguments caused at IBC than the average trip to, I, uh, to IKEA. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs>
1: and we're trying to we're, we're being innovative and creative about a solution that we have to create right because you, you don't want to have to check everybody who goes from from one hall and then walks across to go and get a burger and then wants to go back into another hall or wants to nip out for a coffee or a chat or even those who are addicted to nicotine yeah um, or other substances occasionally in Amsterdam <laughs> um you you really don't want to have a kind of a uh, security guard mentality to that once they're inside then they have passed all the tests and they should be free to move around in that we still have responsibilities so that we are using a lot of cameras using ai on cameras nothing sophisticated it's quite simple to be honest it just counts faces so we we can map in real time where people are moving to and make sure that areas don't get too busy or too overcrowded or if there's a problem we can go and and, and sort that out really quickly so we're just using some innovation around it and, and as I say you know what we were trying to do was just just show to the IBC community that we we're worth thinking this through we are thinking this through and and it will be a little bit different but you know in many ways some of the differences might be good be good to try something a little bit different
0: and i also wanted to ask you about what your relationship is like with uh, with the rye and what kind of conversations have been going on through all of this
1: i think the the the, the, the first big event that will happen in europe would be the mobile world congress yeah. in, in in sorry in barcelona and and so people will look at that and they'll say what lessons can i learn from it i mean i'm sure it'll you know it could show, but they'll still look what lessons can I learn from it? Because they've gone first. The second big show that was planned was IBC. And you know we have regular calls with the city and city authorities with the ride with health and safety. And the amount of planning that's gone into it, it's been incredible, but it still felt like, well, more time, more routine in place, even if you're using the North South line or where's the best place for a taxi queue, all of those things, we felt were were better sorted with time so i think our relationship with with the rye and the city is really strong you know lots of us have got lots of friends in amsterdam now economically ibc benefits the city so they would want us to come on one of those two dates and they've been very accommodating i mean to To take two dates in your diary and keep them spare for one show Mm. um, is quite a big economic investment for them. And they've been very good about that because of our long-term relationship with the rye and the city. So I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they might be a little bit disappointed that we're not happening in September because it would have been a successful IBC in September. would have been an absolute boost to the economy, to the events business and everything. But that's not something that we can consider. We can only consider what's the best, valuable and safest option for our community.
0: Moving away from the organisation side of things so much, and I'm sure that we'll hear more about this in the coming weeks and months, just about the themes of the show. and What do you expect to be kind of the prevalent things, topics, technologies that we see in December?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. Uh, I, I think one big theme, which will be partly structured in our conference programme and partly unstructured, is what have you learned in the pandemic? And if you take a sub-theme of that, then clearly remote production, for example, mm. would be a would be a massive one. So I think people will be really keen to get together and l- explain the lessons of, of what they've learned by forced change in some instances. It will have accelerated change because we've all been made to do it. So we have to decide how much of that we're going to curate. Uh, and a lot of it we want to do. as you, They're more kind of learning sessions, mm. more educational sessions, rather than the traditional keynotes. And then we will have the traditional keynotes and, and they will, I think, be more the kind of thing which lends itself not just to premium content, in a conference but actually in this year premium competent in a hybrid platform so it it reaches further so i think there will be some really interesting content sessions where you absolutely have to be there because it's all about an exchange of views and a collaboration it's not going to work on a on a zoom type call even though you know our platform could do that kind of thing it's it's really about brainstorming and sharing the experience and there will be some others which will be thoughts from the top leadership there'll be that kind of thing and I guess there'll be some economics this is what we were expecting in the industry this is where we are how do we regroup do we see more MA coming up Th- that kind of thing um, so I think that will be the, the main areas of, 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 of the content program for us I think we will be looking to put out more free content and less paid for content all we'll do is we'll move some of our premium content to be available on the platform and to people because we've got uh, at least, I can't remember, but at least five uh, five live stages if you're there. If you're at the event, they'll be live. Two of them will be live on the, on the hybrid platform, but the other three will be VOD. So it'll be kind of as live. So there's a lot of content going out there and we're really keen to push that out we're really keen to keep some exclusive for the physical event because that's what we traditionally find driver's engagement. IBC has a reputation for for doing that kind of stuff well. So the big difference will be if you go through halls, you'll see stages that you can see the agenda. You can just go and sit. And if they're full, you can just Mm. get your laptop out and sit there and watch it from another location. If you feel that's too busy for you, you can watch it from your hotel room. But there's going to be a lot Of really good content
0: and i suppose that's the benefit of having this having this system uh where you know you can move around the uh venue as as you please that you don't have to you know check into all these different events and things so it can kind of feel a bit more a bit more free
1: so that's a very perceptive point because one of the reasons we'll do it is we've got delegates who pay come all over the world too IBC, and then they choose to buy a conference pass and it's quite a lot of money and we thought well can we can we guarantee them the same sort of experience are we going to have to check them in each room check them out each room what will, what will that feel like so you know in order to sort of be in tune with with our brand and the atmosphere at the time we thought well let's just strip some of that stuff away and just let them go to it and and, and let them see it and let them if they can't get there digest that on the platform so a lot of those decisions are not just about the platform it's about making them easy easy to consume what we've tried to do is have some content which really is your elevator pitch for coming to ipc really if you have to go and talk to your boss or you want to tell your company you say i can't get this online they are i've been invited or we are going to go and we're going to debate what we've learned around covid recovery in this particular area that's a a networking thing as much as it is a uh, it's not there's not going to be a ceo telling me how to do this making a speech on a platform so that's how it will be different
0: i wish you all the best with uh, ibc the staging of it over the next uh, few months and i'm sure that the delegates will be signing up as soon as they can
1: oh listen i, I really hope so and and um, <laughs> i'm really looking forward to it i hope they, everyone's looking forward to it as much as me because i think now the decision's made The thing that will make it the big success is is we'll just get behind it and make it a success. The pandemic's knocked us back a little bit, but we've now got all, all got the chance to accelerate recovery by really pushing hard. So thank you for your time.
0: Thank you very much. So that's the show. Thank you very much to IBC CEO Mike Crimp and thank you for listening. TV Watch is written, produced and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton, and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at East John East or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at DigitalTVEurope.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all of the latest goings on in the TV industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when the latest episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever. And don't worry, we're not going to start charging you on Apple. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.